Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's live episode of Cliff Notes on the Global Manufacturing Picture. I'm Cliff Waldman, and I'm the host of this show, one of many on Manufacturing Talk Radio. As I said, we're on live air today. The global economic situation changes every day. It's a beautiful day uh, here in Washington, D.C. Um, the G7 summit is uh, about to finish up. And there was much darkness to talk about. My question and my concern and our concern here at Manufacturing Talk Radio, of course, is always the health of the U.S. manufacturing sector. I'm going to title this live episode, U.S. Manufacturing is Holding Up, But Storm Clouds May Be Forming. Between escalating inflation through much of the advanced world considerable supply chain difficulties, a protracted siege in Ukraine with no apparent ending in sight, and the still uncertain state of COVID restrictions in China, the global economic picture is the most troubling and the most uncertain it's been since the Great Recession and financial crisis of 2008 to 2010. Thus far, the U.S. manufacturing sector, through all that we have been through the past two years, has been remarkably resilient. U.S. manufacturing sector output growth averaged a strong 6.4% in 2021, reflecting a vibrant recovery from the pandemic-induced shutdowns of early 2020. Factory sector growth in the first quarter of 2022 was a solid 4.8%. Escalating supply chain problems had not fundamentally damaged manufacturing output growth performance so far. Recent data, however, do raise questions about whether the impressive U.S. manufacturing recovery is starting to buckle under the weight of escalating inflation, rising recession risks, and persistent supply chain and labor market difficulties. In May, U.S. manufacturing output contracted by 0.1%. This was the first contraction since January and was rather a sudden one. It was a rather sudden decline from very strong output performance of February, March, and April of this year. In May, sizable contractions were seen in wood products, whose output growth contracted by a large 2.6%, machinery, which saw an output decline of 2.1%, and electrical equipment, appliances, and components, where output growth contracted by 1.8%. These are sizable declines, and they raise red flags. There was even a 0.6% decline in the output of food, beverage, and tobacco products, possibly reflecting supply chain difficulties made considerably worse by the war in Ukraine. The world is watching food. It is a danger uh, that is directly related to that hideous conflict in Europe. Europe. Respondent comments in the May Institute for Supply Management survey continue to reflect a mix of concerns about supply chain problems 
and increasing input costs, which really are mirror images of the same thing. So my question is, the question that I am focusing on for Manufacturing Talk Radio listeners, is the U.S. manufacturing sector now being sucked into a darkening U.S. and global economic picture? Let's take a look at the macroeconomic picture and then think about, in some specifics, the near-term path of U.S. manufacturing. The, let's start with, at home with the U.S. The principal issue for the U.S. macro, the short-term U.S. macroeconomic outlook is a 40-year high, a four-decade high in inflation that is forcing rather draconian Fed tightening. What really added to Fed urgency lately, within the past six weeks or so, was an apparent increase not just in inflation, although that remains horribly high, but in inflation expectations. Inflation expectations were quiet in this early period of inflation surge, but now they're starting to go up. And that makes an inflation spiral all the more difficult for the Federal Reserve to stop. Also, the Federal Reserve has been problematic in and of itself. They were clearly behind the eight ball on they were behind the uh, behind the curve that is on inflation. They were late to the party in, in start in terms of starting to tighten monetary policy. An unsteady hand from the Fed has been a negative for the outlook. As a result of all this and of the uh, the tightening that they've done and the tightening that they're expected to do, we have seen signs of an economic slowing in recent data. We have certainly seen some pullback in consumer spending, which is almost 70% of U.S. economic output, and we see, we're starting to see signs of slowing in housing. Econ- economists are expecting that second quarter GDP growth will be flat, and this is after the negative GDP print that we had for the first quarter of 2022. That negative print was due to technical factors, certainly, but there were also some notable weaknesses. I thought analysts overdid it in simply dismissing the first quarter negative GDP report to technical factors such as inventories. While personal consumption expenditures, that is total consumer spending in the first quarter GDP report, was up by a healthy 3.1%. This was entirely due to services sector spending. Good spending was flat, and largely flat due to a 3.7% decline, contraction, in non-durable goods spending. Good spending actually has been weak for, since the third quarter of 2021, something that adds to my concern about what may be starting to happen to the resilient manufacturing sector. Given all this, escalating inflation, escalating inflation expectations, and weak data that are starting to appear, 
The Federal Reserve has to steer a very tricky path between inflation and recession. But as tricky as that path has been, the Fed has made it clear that inflation is its principal goal. So you add weak data, you add a terrible challenge with inflation and inflation expectations, and you have a clear mandate from the Fed that they're going to just focus on stopping inflation, and you have to really, uh, stop and think that the specter and the possibility of recession in the U.S. economy is certainly rising. The global backdrop, as the G7 meeting concludes this morning, is troubling. U.S. exports fell from a 22.4% increase in the fourth quarter of 2021 to minus, minus 5.4% in the first quarter of 2022, certainly an indicate, one indicator at least of global weakening. It is important to remember that though that inflation is far more global than just the U.S. It is not by any means just a U.S. problem. All items, OECD inflation, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, much of the Western world plus principal developing uh, economies, inflation in that large and important group of economies was up 9.2% for the latest reading in April of, of this year, 2022, versus 3.3% in April of 21. This inflation surge is certainly global. This means that global central banks are in much the same position as the Federal Reserve is in, fighting inflation but necessarily having to keep an eye on the specter of recession. Through all of this, there has been a choppy but fairly unrelenting climb in the U.S. dollar versus a broad range of other currencies. This is, as I'm sure manufacturers understand better than any of us, this is a clear negative for U.S. manufacturing profit prospects. After all, U.S. manufacturers, on average, sell about 65% of their output overseas. The rising dollar has been most unwelcome. Now, as difficult as the inflation picture is in the world and what it's doing to the uncertainty of what the world's central banks are going to have to do walking that line between inflation and recession, as the Federal Reserve is, Russia and China are adding greatly both to the risk and to the complexity of the global outlook. Look, besides just adding to general global uncertainty, the terrible conflict in Ukraine is compromising supply lines for energy and food adding to the global inflation problem clearly, and raising the specter of two very damaging things, an energy crisis potentially in Europe, and a food crisis, and I might add, I'll add a third thing, the specter of some kind of financial crisis that might arise from what now appears to be a Russian debt default. All of that from Ukraine. And a potential energy crisis, a potential food crisis, 
And as a result of the sanctions that the Western world has put on Russia, there could be, we're not sure about this, but we're looking out for financial reverberation from what now appears to be a Russian debt default. China, the China lockdowns due to COVID appear to be easing a bit, at least easing in words, although there are still great restrictions, which, you know, continue the fear of what that's going to do to global supply chains. But it's also adding to accumulating fears, uh, fears that have been accumulating for more than a year now about a long-term slowdown in Chinese economic growth as a result of unfavorable demographics, an aging population which is slowing labor force growth, and uh, consolidation in probably the overbloated property sector. So while it is good that there is some loosening of COVID-related lockdowns, the uncertainty, the great uncertainty in total on Chinese economic growth, on the long-term outlook for the Chinese economy, a key motor for economic growth in the world, remains and actually in total is escalating. So given that, what are we looking at here? All told, I would say the risk of a U.S. and a world recession and a global recession in 2022 or possibly early 2023 is significant. I would put it above 50%. I think it's more likely than not that we will at least have some sort of a U.S. recession and probably some sort of a global downturn within the next 6 to 12 months. Now, how is that? how is this scenario going to impact U.S. manufacturing? First of all, overall, as I think I told you, we are seeing more spending on services and less on goods, a kind of post-pandemic rebalancing of spending. That's likely to continue for a while and obviously is a negative for U.S. manufacturing. So if you dig into the you know, specific areas of manufacturing, clearly interest rate sensitive manufacturing sectors, particularly those tied to the housing market and the auto market, have a big downside risk. And I'm wondering if that decline in wood products output is beginning to reflect that. Consumer sectors, out manufacturing out sectors that are tied to the consumer are slowing and very uncertain. The consumer is, is hard to buckle in the U.S. We are a spending society after all, but those recent retail data suggests that, you know, escalating inflation is starting to hit the consumer in the wallet, in the pocketbook. And if we continue to see more downside retail sales data, I'm going to say that we're going to see a downside to the output growth of manufacturing sectors directly tied to the consumer. Global supply chain issues are going to remain significant, if nothing else, than due to the war in Ukraine. All by itself, that is going to keep global supply chain issues problems a problem and therefore become a problem for uh, U.S. manufacturing. 
I would, in terms of a, of a forecast for U.S., a short-term forecast for U.S. manufacturing, I would say in the absence of a positive shock, such as an abrupt end to the war in Ukraine, an abrupt fall in inflation, I would say that the chances of a U.S. and global recession are above 50%, and that will cause probably at least a moderate contraction in U.S. manufacturing for at least a couple of quarters. Although the real length of the manufacturing contraction, if I'm right, will largely depend on policy responses. If if we do indeed see falling inflation, but also U.S. and global recession, and monetary and fiscal policymakers respond quickly, then I think the U.S. manufacturing sector will get out of its slump fairly quickly. But we need good policymaking. We frankly need better policymaking than we have had going into this difficult once-in-four-decade period of escalating inflation. And here at Manufacturing Talk Radio at this difficult time, we will be following this closely, and we will do everything we can to inform you of this closely. This is Cliff Waldman saying, looking forward to the next episode, looking forward to seeing you the next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.